welcome to the CLB Forge podcast, brought to you by CLB North American Mission. This is a show to help equip you and your church for mission, ministry, and multiplying disciples. Welcome to the show. I'm Ryan Nilsson. And I'm Sarah Pencil. Welcome to episode 83. Today we're talking with Andrew Estes. Andrew was our guest back in episode 65, and he talked to us about casting vision in our churches. And today, Andrew's going to talk to us about how we can have clarity of vision and calling in our personal lives. Hugely important topic. And this episode's releasing right before the new year, which is a time that many of us are commonly thinking about setting goals for the future. We're thinking about our lives in more of a long-range sense, thinking about those bigger picture questions. So we're so glad, Andrew, that we get to talk with you today and that the timing is working out for us to do it. So thankful to be back and grateful for uh, just the opportunity. So Andrew, allow me just to tell our listeners, assuming they didn't press pause and rush back to listen to episode 65, I'm going to reintroduce you. Andrew has served as a pastor for over a decade and he leads churches and individuals in vision casting. He's a certified navigator with Oxano and is the director of training and communications for Nexus Church Planting and Leader Care. He lives in Loveland, Colorado with his wife, Megan, and three children. Andrew, we are thrilled to have you back as a guest. Thanks again, guys. Super excited about this topic and just the opportunity. Thanks, Andrew, for being with us. You know, today's conversation is probably one of those topics that's most applicable to the most people in our pool of listeners. And yet probably many people are saying, what is personal vision clarity? And so I was wondering, could you explain to us what is personal vision clarity and what is the point of having that better clarity in our personal lives? So having that clarity, understanding your calling from the Father is, is kind of really geared around just that idea of Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 of, you know, for grace we've been saved through faith, not of our own works. We're not saved by our works, but we are saved for good works that our Father has prepared in advance for us to do. Like each one of us is a unique masterpiece, a, a poema, right? We are a poem that God, his workmanship, his masterpiece that he has crafted and, and dreamed about long before the foundations of the world that he has entrusted us with these good works, that we should walk in them. And so just kind of understanding what that is. Oftentimes, we don't have that Apostle Paul type of a moment where Jesus comes and knocks us off our donkey and tells us what we're supposed to do with the rest of our life. For the rest of us, it's a grind and it's a trying to understand, God, what do you want me to do with my life? And and in the midst of, yes, we go and make disciples. Well, how do you uniquely do that, right? Last time we talked together, it was all about understanding in the church, like every church exists to glorify God and make disciples. Well, how does your church uniquely do that with your unique leadership and your unique context and your unique abilities that God has, has brought together? We can ask that same question and have that same perspective with our own lives. Like we are all called to glorify God and make disciples, to go into all the world and reach the nations. But how do you uniquely do that? How has God specifically gifted you and crafted you to be able to do these certain things? And so a lot of people just don't have the confidence. Sometimes it's dealing with shame that they just don't feel that they're equipped enough or good enough or smart enough or or whatever enough to be able to go and make a difference for the kingdom. And, And so that's why I have such a passion and a just a deep longing for every believer to understand who God has uniquely designed them to be and what role they play in the kingdom of God that's not necessarily defined by their occupation or their job or their title, but this is what you do no matter what you do. That's why it's so important. That's so great, Andrew. So if someone is interested in this, could you break down the steps involved in getting a clearer vision of where God might be leading you? 
in our culture, in our world, there are, you know, especially in the West, there are so many processes that you can walk through that are all designed to help you understand yourself better, understand how you, how you lead better, and all these different things. Recently, I was kind of introduced to a journey called Unique, Y-O Unique, not the makeup brand Unique, but a different type of a process, but uses the same tools that a lot of church leaders are familiar with, like the vision frame, right? So in, in church world, in church Unique, we talk about mission values, strategy measures, and kind of that vision, answering questions like, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? How do we go about doing it? What's our discipleship strategy? What's our definition of a disciple? What does success look like? All those types of questions. Where is God taking us? There's a a unique journey that's gospel-centered life design where you use that vision frame tool where you're answering those same questions rather than of understanding mission and values. Like this, we talk about life calling. So what am I here to do? Why do I do it? When am I successful at doing what God's called me to do? How do I actually go about doing it? And where is God taking me? So you're using that picture, that framework of understanding your identity and your direction, but it's solely based in who God's uniquely designed you to be. And it's based out of scripture of understanding your unique calling. And so that's one of the best things that I love about this unique journey is that it's not just some random leadership exercise. It's really a process that I've been trained in and I have the privilege of leading others in to be able to understand their calling, understand their unique identity and what makes them who they are and leading them through this journey to articulate that in a powerful way, in a very clear way, in a compelling way, to get them to move and to be active in the kingdom of God, to to make disciples in a way that maybe only that they can do it. That's great. Andrew, just to jump on that, who is Unique meant for? Who is the target audience? So one of the biggest problems I think that we have in our church today, and and this is not original to me, a lot of people say this, is that the greatest untapped resource in the kingdom of God is sitting in our pews every Sunday. And that one of the number one things that maybe stands in the way of making disciples is that the average Christian believer believes that they have nothing to offer the world. And being able to walk alongside not just pastors and leaders and higher ups, because vision isn't just for senior leadership, like vision is for everybody. And so understanding that if you are leading the ministry network, or you are cooking burgers on Sunday, just attending church, well, you know, this is thing that can be extremely beneficial for everybody of understanding their calling of, of who God's uniquely designed them to be, uh, what God's uniquely called them to do, regardless of their occupation, regardless of their job. Like we talk about in the journey that there's a difference between occupation and vocation. Vocation is actually your calling and your understanding of who God's actually called you to be. Your occupation is just what you get paid to do. And too many times we get trapped and that our whole identity comes from what we do rather than who we are in Christ. And so just in that understanding, I mean, this is a process for every believer at at any given time, you know, just understanding who they are, how they move in the world, and how they can offer what God's designed them to be in any type of occupation. So yeah, this is an absolutely versatile journey and process. It's a very in-depth process to help people understand those things. That's really powerful, Andrew, to think about. If I can just jump in here for a second. I was just with a group of people preparing for pastoral ministry, and we were doing a workshop on pastoral resiliency and self-care. And one of the topics that came up was how important it is that we practice some self-differentiation, right? Which is what you're talking about, that we distinguish our role or our work, our job 
from who we are, our identity in Christ, who we are as a child of God and as a person. And that helps us deal with the barbs that get shot our way and when people get frustrated with us to help us realize that it's, it's more about the situation and the role we're serving in than something horrible about us or, you know, but us personally. Man, this process sounds like it really, really helps with that, helps us to practice that in a significant way. And also, yeah, I'd love to maybe think about that. And also, we can be the ones that sling the arrows. We can become frustrated with work or church or someone or something in our family. And I wonder if this kind of process helps us step back and focus less on the things that frustrate us that we can't change and think more about the, the bigger picture of life to think about what we can do, what, what what is within our control, what God has empowered us to have freedom to to work in rather than just kind of being stuck with blinders, thinking about the things, the barriers that are in our way. Absolutely. And I don't want this to come across as like, I'm just trying to sell a process. There are things that you can do and God is uniquely gifted and, and entrusted to you that you can understand outside of just paying nine ninety five for, you know, <laughs> coming to do this certain thing. What the emphasis is, is just the, the heart behind it of understanding that God has uniquely designed you for something. And yes, like there are things that you can do and that God has designed you to do that nobody else can do in a way that you can. With your unique leadership, with your unique abilities, the way that God has designed you with your nine to five, with your family, with those in relationships with you, you play a role that nobody else in the history of humanity has ever played. And I think that it's trying to understand the weight of that call, but also just the blessing and the freedom that you can understand that God loves each one of us and wants us to make a difference for his kingdom. And we all don't do that the exact same way. So it's, yeah, it's understanding kind of your brand. It's kind of understanding just walking through that. And so whatever journey that you go through to, to have a deeper understanding of yourself, uh, one of the exercises in this journey we talk about is kind of a matrix of a high God awareness and a high self-awareness, where the more that we know about God, whether, whether you know have a high view of God or have a low view of God or a high view of yourself and a low view of yourself, there's all these different aspects of, of what plays out when we have a high and low view of what that looks like. But I think Jewish theology kind of tends to draw us towards that God is not dependent on us, but neither has he chosen to work independent of us. You know, you've heard the phrase, the church is God's plan A and there is no plan B. Like oftentimes his church seems crazy to us. Like people are just not smart all the time. They're rude, like they're broken. Like we come in a, a messed up church world and church families and broken leadership and all these different things, but this is the process that God has put in place. And so that's why all of Paul's letters just trying to drive us towards, you know, like Colossians chapter two, be kind, be forgiving, be loving, be merciful, be all these, be unified. Like that is one of the biggest cry, like from John 17, from Jesus prayer, be one that we are one. That's his prayer for the disciples. And that continues to echo throughout all of the epistles as, as Paul talks about this unity in the faith, you know, just all the struggles that we have with interpersonal stuff. But God has uniquely designed us to take part in his plan and what we understand about that is crucial. Kind of go on a rabbit trail for just a second. I think that even leadership in our churches has kind of struggled and even maybe fueled some of this problem a little bit. One of the things, if anybody's familiar with Bill Hull, uh, the author of Conversion and Discipleship and also the Discipleship Gospel, talks about how the gospel you preach determines the disciples you make. And oftentimes we've maybe preached in such a way 
where it allows people to just come and participate and just come and maybe even spectate rather than calling people to actually get involved in, in doing something to live into the calling that they have more than just fill a volunteer position. Because oftentimes as church leaders, that's that's what we see people's calling as, is to serve our vision and just come and be a part and, um, you know, be a warm body in this room or that room or holding babies or running sound or leading worship or playing an instrument. Like this is your calling in life is to help us run the machine of our church. And your calling goes so much deeper than what that is. Like whether it's your job, whether it's your ministry, whether it's your volunteer work, what God has called us to do infuses every single aspect of our life and ministry. You know, Andrew, as I'm listening to you, I think something that really strikes me is just how wonderful it is that this is all based not on some corporate team building tool or a personal self-empowering exercise that would be kind of against most Christian theology. It's a gospel-centered process that's built to understand more about how God has created you and how he's called you and to help you better understand your identity in Christ and God's purpose for you. I think of Ephesians 2.10 and in Ephesians 2.8.9, we hear that we're saved by grace and that it's not something we've done ourselves. It's a gift of God so that no one can boast. But then in verse 10, we're told that God has prepared in advance works for us to do. I feel like you're getting at that. Sometimes Christians, we forget about verse 10 in that passage. And we only focus on verses 8 and 9, but God has some beautiful, meaningful works that he is doing, that he has designed for us to be involved in. It sounds like this process really helps us explore that gospel calling in our lives. Absolutely. And again, it's not necessarily just to sell a process. The unique journey is just a tool and a, and a resource to be able to, to facilitate that uncovering of what God's called us to do. The, the heartbeat behind the whole journey that was developed is exactly that, that Ephesians 2.10 calling, that they believe that your calling in life is both knowable and nameable. That we don't have to kind of second guess. There are a lot of things that we can do to try and discern what the story is that God is uniquely telling in and through us and walking us through these past and, and taking our past into account of the highs and lows and the struggles and all these different things, but the unique abilities and the passions and, and the context in which we are placed, the, the people that we are able to influence to be able to live out this calling for God. And so, yeah, it's absolutely that, that Ephesians 2.10, like we're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works to be able to do incredible things that God has planned in advance for us to do. So, Andrew, going off of what you were saying before of the church being made up of people in the church and in the pews, that's why it's so important for believers to understand their calling is because when the calling is understood, the good works that God has for us to do, we can together as the church do bigger and better things for the kingdom and be used by God the way he plans and he desires. Absolutely. I think that it's kind of funny as you're, as you're saying that I'm thinking of oftentimes church leaders and pastors even struggle with helping other people find their vision because they've been given a vision by God and they want everybody to be a part of their vision, right? Of leading this church or this ministry or whatever. But there's always that tension like, well, if we help them find their vision, they might leave, right? <laughs> like There's this opportunity for, and this, this faith building exercises for understanding your calling. And, and this might take 
one of our key families across the world. Like, that wouldn't be good for our thing, but no, but it would be fantastic for the kingdom of God, right? And so, you know, it's just having this kingdom-focused desire as, as church leaders to help everybody to understand that they've been gifted in, in so many different ways. It's just so powerful to see people's eyes light up. If I can for a second, just kind of share a, a story, because I've worked with a handful of people of helping them understand their calling, helping them understand their identity. And there was this one gal in particular that was at our church who early in her life, like went through college and had a master's degree. And as soon as she graduated, found out that she was pregnant. Now, like 10 plus years later, she has three boys and she stayed at home this entire time. She hasn't used her degree that she, you know, spent so much time and energy and effort looking at. And so she was looking at taking on this job, but it was totally outside the field of her understanding. And so she was having Having this just internal identity crisis of moving from stay-at-home mom into a new vocation that has nothing to do with what she was planning for in her life. And so I was able to, to walk with her and help her understand that, no, you're calling in life. Your vocation, the giftedness that God has brought about inside of you, exists regardless of what you do. Like whether you're a stay-at-home mom homeschooling, whether you're in any number of fields in the marketplace or in ministry, this is what you do no matter what you do. And she had the freedom and the confidence to step out from that uncertainty into this new vocation or this new occupation. And it was just really exciting for me to just see those lights come in her eyes and just the, the joy that she felt again and the confidence that she felt in the Lord to be able to do something that maybe her life wasn't quote unquote planned to do. But it was this idea of like, she's still living out her calling, regardless of what job title she has. And so there's a confidence in that. I'll share like a, a one other story of a, of a guy that I was leading through recently. He's a, a younger guy in ministry, maybe right around 30, I think. But he had been in worship ministry for like 10 plus years and was just shifting in his passions and his leadership and his, his abilities to be more of an associate type of a pastor in a higher leadership capacity at his local church. But his identity was solely wrapped in worship leading. Like, that's what he is. That's what he does. Like, that's supposed to be his his thing, his niche. Like, that was the reason he was actually hired at this church. And it took me and some other leaders at the church to help speak into his life and say, like, no, you were hired to lead people. Like, you weren't hired to play music. Like, even though you can play music, like, yes, we need that to still take place. But as long as we get that taken care of, like, you are free to be the leader that God's designed you to be and that we need you to be. Like, we need you to step into this new role. And so it was just helping him break down. And as men, I think that we struggle with that maybe more so than the ladies of finding our identity wrapped up in what we do. My goodness, I mean, you have a conversation with a guy you never met within a few questions like, oh, what do you do for work? That's your identity. I mean, I remember uh, several years back when I had a guy ask me like, hey, what's your dad do for work? Like, I didn't even know this dude, but he was an older gentleman, and it was just like, that seems like a really weird question. Like, why would you ask me that? But he, it was just this mindset of, like, your identity is in what you do or what lineage you come from. Like, whether you're a blacksmith or a, you know, <laughs> a stock trader or whatever it is, like, there's value wrapped up in what you do. And so I think it's breaking down some of those presuppositions and helping people realize that, you know, God has a unique plan for your life, regardless of what you're doing on a nine-to-five basis. And so, yeah, it's so important to help your everyday people come to that vivid clarity. Thank you, Andrew. What are some next steps that our listeners could take if they want to learn more? And I'd love to know one, if they'd like to you know, reach out to you or find out more about the unique exploratory process that you've been talking about. 
Also, though, some of our listeners, many of them will probably never pursue that. If this is the only time they're ever talking or thinking about this, is there an exercise or a a reflection question that you could suggest that if somebody has a couple of hours here getting ready for the new year, thinking about the future, something that they could do on their own that would be beneficial to them as well? Absolutely. Let me start with the second one. So this is, if I could briefly explain just a simple exercise that we do in the journey, it's just an evaluation. And it's probably an evaluation tool that you've heard before of the uh, the four helpful lists from uh, Tom Patterson, which is asking four simple questions. What's going right? What's going wrong? What's missing? And what's confusing? This is a powerful leadership exercise that you can use it in your workspace, in your home life, and whatever. So if you're asking these questions, most of the time we're asking them about work stuff, like what's going right in our job, what's going wrong, what's missing, what's confusing. But if you're if you pause for a second and maybe break your life down into different spaces, so saying like another one of Tom Patterson's thing is health, love, work, and play. Like these are kind of the four domains that we kind of live in. You know, even in church leaders, we talk about living the gospel where you live, work, and play. Well, if we talk about personal health and spiritual health like how are we doing personally what is what are our spiritual disciplines kind of like what is our physical health kind of like and then asking those four questions what's going right what's going wrong what's missing what's confusing talking about your personal health so health love would be like your relationships whether your family relationships or your friends and then ask those same questions again What's going right? What's going wrong? What's missing? What's confusing? So in each one of those categories, and and you can kind of come up with a grid, and I'll drop a a handout to you guys if you're interested to do that and pass it on to Ryan and he can pass it on to the listeners. It just kind of helps with this of looking at those different aspects, health, love, work, what is your vocation, whatever that is, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or at the office uh, 12 hours a week or 12, that'd be nice, (laughs) 12 hours a day, (laughs) health, love, work, and then play is just your replenishment. Like how are you getting filled up? How are you, how do you use uh, your downtimes, those type of things, and then just asking those four questions. So that's a great evaluation tool just to get some things going, just to get some things started of where do I feel like God is leading? me? What's lacking in my life? What's broken? What's missing? All these different aspects. And especially when it comes to, you know, goal setting and your new year's resolution, that would be very informative for (laughs) making the turn into uh, 2022. For anybody who's interested in in a deeper dive into a much more robust process, Unique is a incredibly powerful gospel-centered process that helps leaders and believers of all kinds find and name that Ephesians 2.10 calling and help them live out in a way that maybe they couldn't otherwise. And so lots of different ways that you can kind of go through that process. Lifeunique.com has a lot of online resources that you can kind of go through. But if you're interested in having like a person in the room and a coach, there's a book for Unique talking about personal calling that you can also kind of pick up. But if you're interested in having a coach walk you through some of this stuff, I would be more than happy to, to talk through people like that. I, I do it over Zoom. I do it in person. I do it at local churches and like a retreat type of a setting. Uh, one of the things that I have coming up is in, in February, starting on February 4th and 5th, is a two-day launch into this process. So there's a ton of robust resources and things that you can walk through. But being able to do it in a group setting is also very beneficial, too, because you're hearing how other people are interacting with the material and and what God is speaking to them specifically in their lives. And you're hearing their stories. 
So it's a really interesting journey. So if that's something that's interesting to you, or if you're interested in just doing going through it in a one-on-one setting of just plowing through the material just directly with me, I can definitely walk people through that. But yeah, Unique is a, a really interesting walkthrough. And so yeah, just uh, February next year, starting on the 4th and 5th in Northern Colorado, I'll be partnering with multiple churches actually hosting uh, what we call an accelerator to help everybody gain clarity on who they are and their calling in a, in a two-day format to launch into that. So yeah, if you have any other questions, I guess they can reach out to me or, or check out lifeunique.com. Andrew, thank you for being our guest. And like Andrew mentioned, you can find him at www.visionclarity.org. And you can learn more about life planning at lifeunique.com. And unique is Y-O-U-N-I-Q-U-E.com. Thank you for listening to our show today. Don't forget to subscribe. And we'd love it if you shared this podcast with a friend, colleague, family member, somebody who you think would be great for, and that maybe this is an answer to prayer. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. This has been an episode of the CLB Forge podcast brought to you by CLB North American Mission. Thanks for listening. We welcome your questions and comments. Email us at podcast at clbforge.org.